When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, tough loss for the Browns this week as they lost to Seattle 24-20. to uh, This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling uh, company. So, Daryl, let's uh, let's kind of look at where the Browns are as the trade deadline comes into play tomorrow. And, you know, uh, they're four and three. I think they let one slip away against Seattle. And, you know, now you can kind of regroup and, and try to take this thing forward for what's left for the rest of the season. And I think with the trade deadline coming, you know, you're hinged on the health of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're all, uh, you know, uh, on pins and needles just waiting to hear uh, anything as far as Deshaun's status goes, we do know that uh, our good friend Josh Dobbs is going to be starting for the Arizona Cardinals uh, when they come to town uh, next week. So, um, I I have a nightmare scenario that's already in my head. <laughs> I am dreading that road. This. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's just I already have the nightmare in my head right now of of what would happen, what could happen, um, <laughs> and how Browns fans would react. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I feel like the trade deadline, Andy, I, I feel like that the season is hanging in the balance of the health of Deshaun Watson right now. Um, this is now uh, we're entering week six with this injury. And we were told at the bye week not a long-term injury. It's turning into a long-term injury. So, uh, and there's no definitive answers uh, about uh, a firm timetable here, right? Is he going to need another week? Is it two weeks? Is it three weeks? Four more weeks? Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just I kind of feel like this whole thing is is uh, hanging in the balance because of Deshaun. So, I, I don't envy the the position that uh, Andrew Berry is going to find himself in at the trade deadline uh, come uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time when it expires, but yeah, this is a, this is a tough spot for Andrew Barry right now. Do you think that they need to go out and get a quarterback or do you think they try to get one in free agency or do you just go status quo? I think, I think they're going to go status quo. I, I really do. Um, because I, I said this on the, uh, the post game podcast, I feel like the injuries incurred at that particular position Sunday afternoon around the NFL pretty much torpedoed the quarterback market uh, as far as what might be available there. Um, so uh, I think that the Browns ultimately are going to stand pat a quarterback. That's not to say they don't go out and add a running back or they don't add another offensive lineman or something, but I don't know. Let me ask you this. What trade is out there for the Browns to make that you think solves the problem that they currently have. I don't right now. I mean, I don't know. Do you try to go to Washington and still try to get Jacoby Brissett? I don't think that the options are there 
the way they were either with the inner with the uh injury in Minnesota that was the one thing I thought that if the Browns wanted to try hard to try to make that deal but they the only way you're going to do that is if you think Deshaun Watson's out for the rest of the season so uh, they are in a weird pickle going into this trade deadline yeah, and I mean that again. This is why Andrew Barry it has the job that he has, and we have the jobs that we have. It, you know, it, it, it's it's right. good for us to debate and and discuss. But I, I just I feel like he's in no man's land. If you think you know what I mean, like he's he's in right. purgatory right now, um, and they've invested so much draft capital and and assets. I mean, look, I I, I know for a fact that he's been burning the phones, uh, testing the water, seeing who's available, what at what cost they might be available and things like that. But man, I, I, I would not want to be Andrew Barry right now because, but, and, and the thing is, this is such an important season for everybody. Um, and they cannot allow their quarterback situation to derail this season. But let, let's be honest about it for as well as we feel that PJ Walker might've played in spite of the three turnovers at Seattle, like the cold hard math is it wasn't good enough to win the way he played against the San Francisco 49ers, even though they won that football game, let's be honest about it. Andy wasn't really good enough to win type. You know what I mean? Indianapolis, they won the game and you say, Oh, well he led the game winning. Yeah. uh, He's a flag away from a strip sack fumble that the Colts recover and the Browns lose. He didn't play well enough for them to win. No, they got lucky. So um, this is the difficult spot that they're in. But as I say that, um, he, he's in a tough spot. This is a guy that was not with this team all offseason. He has had to have uh, a crash course in this offense. Players talked about that uh, after Sunday's game, uh, just how much they respect and admire what P.J. Walker has been through in his short time as a member of the Cleveland Browns, a guy coming in just trying to learn the offense. He's on the practice squad, so he's not getting a lot of work and a lot of reps or anything like that. Most of his work is studying film and, and you know memorizing the playbook and terminology and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden this Deshaun thing happens, you know, DTR, they make the decision, okay, it's, you know, we, we, we got to put PJ on the field of, because he, he's at least started in an NFL game before uh, and, and operated out there. And he, he's, he's giving you all he's got. Right. But unfortunately, sometimes all you got isn't enough. And all he, you know, had to give on Sunday in Seattle, it, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't enough. And, and they lost the game that quite frankly, they should have won. But when you go to the, the balance of should win, did win, whatever, I still kind of feel like the Browns are in the plus ledger there. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> they have one more, more games, uh, uh, you know, I think that they've won more games as they quote on versus, uh, you know, the, the should have ones that turned into losses. So, uh, I mean, if you really, and the other way to go here rather than making a trade is going free agent, do you say, I, and I'll just throw the names out there and you tell me what you think. Carson Wentz, I mean, you could try to get Matt Ryan, Colt McCoy's out there, Joe Flacco's out there, Nick Foles is out there, Trevor Simeon. I, I, I don't know if any of those do anything for you. Um, I do think the overwhelming consensus last week was Nick Foles from the folks that you know we had talked to. But I, I, again, I, I guess it would just cost you money to bring those guys in there. So that that's the difference. Is that worth it to bring any one of those guys in? Because you're going to have to let um, PJ Walker go. I would assuming. Uh, you didn't say one name that I was like, oh yeah, go get that dude. So who is it? Uh, they. Yeah. they 
Uh, no, none. Oh. <laughs> um, gotcha. I, I, I think that they're better off. They, they might be just where they're at right now, you know, keeping PJ on the train and um, hopefully the more reps he gets, the more, you know, the more comfortable he gets. Um, there, there's not one name that you mentioned where I just feel like they would come in and be a difference maker right away. Um, it, there's another point to this too. Jamal White and I had a long conversation with this <clears throat> on my TV post game show, just about even if you brought any one of those guys in, anybody, you could bring in anybody right now, you know, and um, you still have to allow for a transition time because you just can't pick up the playbook in two. So I look, we, I know we saw Baker Mayfield do it last year for one game, but it is not an easy task. I, you know, he was talking about how difficult it is to have a running back come in in the middle of the season. Multiply that by 100 when it comes to a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, quarterback's not a plug-and-play position. <laughs> like, it's right. just it's not. Um, uh, you know, running back for the most part is, which is, I think, why it's hard for running backs to get paid their market value um in in this league uh so uh, yeah i mean just look at what pj walker is going through right and some of the difficulties now some of that is skill set like the guy only has a certain level of skill set right so come out and dominate the way that quite frankly the browns need that position to dominate um i i just i kind of feel like it was poor planning i i said this I think Andrew Barry, this is the one thing he screwed up this year, was the backup quarterback position. And all I know is if Josh Jobs comes in and beats the Browns on Sunday with Arizona, um, I'm very grateful that I am not hosting on 92 through the fan and having to take those phone calls from fans. They better be pray. A, like the Browns better be a pray. Therapy month beyond the Browns. Oh, the Browns better pray that that Josh Jobs does not come in and beat them. He better like I'm telling you, like uh, I I know it's what first week in November coming up here, right? right. I'm not gonna say it's a must win. They they better win. <laughs> they better beat the Arizona Cardinals Sunday. If they don't, again, I would not want to be taking phone calls on 923 the fan because oh boy, talking the folks off the ledges if Josh Dobbs comes in here and takes it to the Cleveland Browns. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, Daryl, um, let's come back. I, I want to talk about some of the other positions the Browns could be looking at as we hit this trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. So, it's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling uh, company. Take care of them. They'll take care of you if you've got problems with heating and cooling. Um, Daryl, so again, you know, you you try to put Seattle in the rearview mirror. Are there any positions you think the Browns should be looking at? And we talked about quarterback as far as either making a trade on trade deadline. Uh, a lot of talk about Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry being told he wasn't going to get traded. I, I don't know. I just don't trust NFL teams. And if a team came in and said the right things um, to Tennessee, that he could be gone. I still think that. Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, uh, no, I don't think that there's a trade out there that fixes the Browns, um, that puts them over the top, that gets them across the finish line to the playoffs and through the playoffs. So, um, no, I don't. I, I think that running back is something to look at, but I liked what I saw from Pierre Strong and Kareem Hunt Sunday. 
Both guys average around four yards a carry. Well, I, I can live with that, right? right. Um, Kareem, you know, Kareem scored another touchdown. Um, you know, Pierre had had a couple of uh, n- you know nice runs. Uh, Jerome Ford uh, was pretty good. So those three guys, like you got four yards a carry uh, to be precise, three point nine from Hunt, and then both Pierre Strong and Jerome Ford averaged four point one yards per carry uh, in that win. Um, you ended up with 155 yards rushing. So I, I think that for his, where they're at right now, Andy, mm-hmm. I think you let this offense mature. You know what I mean? Like um, I kind of go back to like that Josh Dobbs trade. Was that 2024 fifth round pick that valuable to the Cleveland Browns that you said, we don't need an experienced backup quarterback. And then guess what happened? You needed an experienced backup quarterback. So, um, you know, offensive line depth is test. You know, Jed Wills, I thought, hey, you know what? I've been critical of Jed. I'm going to give him his credit. He played well the last – he's played well for the most part the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, got banged up during practice this past week uh, – last week, I should say. Uh, gutted it out on Sunday. Paid, played, uh, you know, fairly well. Uh, with the foot and the ankle injury that he got uh, during practice. Um, uh, talked to him in the locker room uh, after that game. He said he's he feels he's you know, on, on the upslope there um, as far as his play goes. Uh, but I am still concerned about their depth uh, on the offensive line. Dewan Jones left the locker room. Good news, not in a sling, so that's good. Uh, but he did leave the locker room with an ice pack. Uh, on his right shoulder, and uh, he, uh, as we're recording this, we don't have the results of the MRI uh, that he got uh, once getting once he got back to Cleveland. Um, did say he thinks he's going to be fine. All right, Daryl. Let's also look forward to at, at the point of, you know, it is the NFL. Uh, fans are restless right now. Um, where should we be on Kevin Stefanski right now? Where should we be on ownership and where should we be uh, with the general manager as you head into the, the trade deadline, knowing that at four and three, it's not the end of the world? Well, you can't fire the owners, and I don't know what else you want the owners to do because they've given all the financial resources uh, to make this roster as competitive as possible. Um, you know, Andrew Barry, um, I feel like the only mistake he's made, and we've talked about it extensively, is backup quarterback. Um, Kevin like, what else was he supposed to do on Sunday? Like, really, the only thing I can second guess was that third and three call. I thought he had a great game plan. I thought he called a great game against uh, Indianapolis. I thought he called a great game uh, against San Francisco as well. Like, you can only do deal with what you're given. And, like, when it comes to quarterback – Kevin Stefanski's had one good year as head coach here, whereas he's had competent quarterback play. Uh, if you think it right. Um, right. I've said this in the past. Like he, he, he made Baker Mayfield a playoff quarterback for a season. And then the next year, what happens? Baker gets hurt. Well, that season's flush. Then they go ahead and they give the franchise away to get to Sean Watson. Well, he ain't available for 11 weeks. So now you got to cobble things together for Jacoby Brissett to hold down the fort. And Jacoby, he like Jacoby had one of the best stretches of his career 
playing for Kevin Stefanski, which is why going into the trade deadline, I was like, hey, go get Jacoby Brissett back in here. Let him handle things. Um, uh, so, and, and now this year, you know, they, Deshaun's hurt, and he has missed a couple of games here, and we don't know when he's going to play again. He tried to play against Baltimore, and uh, they were planning on him to play, and they made the mistake of planning on him to play. Um, and then the next couple of games, okay, we're not planning on him to play. And then Indianapolis, oh, well, all right, going to give it, give it the old college try. Nope, shoulder's not ready. So we are back to square one again. So, like, I just – I don't understand this mentality that Browns fan has where it's always fire the head coach. You know, are they just that traumatized that that's their solution? You know, head coaches aren't growing on trees. And you realize if the Browns fired Kevin Stefanski, you know what the head coach, next head coach is going to be? Unproven coordinator dude again. We're going to get another coordinator coming in here to be the head coach. Like, so I, I think Kevin's doing a good job. I really do. Are the results what fans want? No. But the team is above five. He's the winningest coach in the expansion era. And look at the volume of stuff he's had to deal with here, too. So you're not going to have me aboard the fire Kevin Stefanski train. Now, if Deshaun Watson comes back and uh, Deshaun Watson's not productive, his offense is not productive, they miss the playoffs, well, then I, I think you have to look at that, that, that particular position. But, like, right now, why are we having conversations about firing Kevin Stefanski? Like, okay, I, do I disagree with the third and three play call? Yes, I think they should have run the football. But you know what? They – uh, they didn't. It was actually a good play call. A bad bounce didn't go their way. And you know what? That's sports. That stuff happens. That doesn't make Kevin Stefanski an idiot. That doesn't mean he's stupid. That doesn't mean he can't he can't be a coach or he shouldn't be calling plays. Like it just it doesn't always work out in your favor. And I think that Browns fans kind of have to understand that firing the head coach is not always the solution. And I just feel like Browns fan is programmed to the fire the head coach when everything doesn't go smoothly. And it, it, it like he is trying to keep this thing afloat without the franchise quarterback right now. And they, they had a chance to win a game on Sunday in Seattle. Um, and they didn't get it done. Disappointing. Um, but they've won a couple of games that they shouldn't have won. Right. Would you, I right. think you'd agree with that. Oh, so, I agree. Hey, you're, they're yeah. living and dying I, by the way they play. Right. So I just I, – I, I can't do fire the head coach over a play call that maybe I don't disagree with. Because, again, I think Kevin called a really good game against Seattle. He recognized, right? I, I'm, I'm kind of limited with what I have at quarterback. So what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to run a screens. And they, they did a really, really nice job with uh, some of those screen plays. I mean, God, I mean – it used to be a running joke with the Browns. They couldn't defend the screen and they couldn't run a screen to save their life for years and years and years. Right. I mean, it was breaking news. If the Browns ran a screenplay um, and they ran a couple of really nice screenplays, uh, the David Njoku touchdown was off a, uh, off a double screen, fake one way, dump it over the middle to Njoku. And he was able to catch it in open space and, you know, plow his way into the end zone. It was an excellent, play design and you know what Stefanski's plays are designed really really well it's just sometimes the design of those plays doesn't come through because the execution isn't always there hence fans 
jump on the fire Kevin Stefanski train. All right. It is something we'll be talking about for a while now. The Browns come back and they will play the Cardinals at one o'clock on Sunday. Uh, the AFC North got a little bit uh, more, more, uh, I don't know, tighter, probably the better word to use there. Cincinnati starting to look good. They had a week off and they went to San Francisco and took care of business. Uh, the Niners, who were at 1.5 and 0, are now 5 and 3. And look out now because Joe Burrow's healthy and he's playing well. You talked about the Steelers and their injuries. They lost on Sunday, and Baltimore still rises to the top. I think one thing, Daryl, um, as we leave you uh, for this podcast, is the fact that sometimes when you go back to that game against Seattle, you might want to give a little bit of credit to the other team because they definitely came out with more fire in that game on Sunday, and that's why they led 14 to nothing. And while everything might have looked okay for the Browns in the middle, in the end, Seattle got a, a break, too, with a ball that bounces off ahead, turns into an interception, and then the next thing you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is running in. I just think it's part of the NFL, and that's where the Browns sit now at 4-3. Yeah. and three. Yeah, I mean, it, it again, things don't always go your way. They, they had a couple of weeks where they did. Sunday didn't. Um, uh, I, I, again, though, <laughs> so this week is a must-win against Arizona. They can't let Josh Dobbs beat them. <laughs> they really can't because if he does. Uh, I'll be then, honest with you. you know I don't even want it. Your, your, your conversations are going to go from firing Kevin Stefanski to everyone's going to want Andrew Barry fired for that. <laughs> All right, he's Daryl Ryder. Meredith Kane is our great producer. Thank you so much, Meredith. I uh, appreciate it. Daryl, hard work in Seattle. Look forward to seeing you when you get back home when we do another podcast here in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland.